Welcome back to the second episode investigating episode 1255 of JRE, aka Alex Jones Returns. And I'll start off with some things that were said about Hitler. Alex Jones says that Hitler drew the first Volkswagen, as in, like, he literally drew the first VW Beetle design with his own hand. And he also says that he designed the Olympics logo. And I think pretty much everyone knows at this point that the Nazis really did uh, create the Volkswagen. But Hitler did not personally design the Beetle. Bella Barney did whose name I have surely said wrong, but whatever. He was an Austro-Hungarian engineer slash inventor, and he is seen as the father of passive safety technology. So he is better than Hitler, in other words. Hitler also did not design the Olympic rings. And I did not know this, but apparently they represent the five continents. Um, and you, you get the five by combining... Europe and Asia, and then ignoring Antarctica, because they never send anyone to the Olympics. Other incorrect things said about Hitler include Alex Jones's theory that Hitler was putting the SS on DMT and LSD, and the widely circulated myth he brings up that they had to kill their German shepherds that they had raised during their training. And he says that the Israeli military had a similar thing with kittens. And the drug thing is partially true. They they didn't get LSD or anything, but they did get something that was basically meth called Prevotin. And I think a lot of people already know that Hitler was also on something that was basically meth. It was a pretty wild time for pharmacology. And the SS did not have to kill dogs. The Israeli military did not have to kill dogs. There's even people on the internet who say that the Marines have to kill dogs. Nobody is killing dogs. I could not find any military that has people kill dogs. So, I don't know, maybe maybe the SS was was cool after all. Who knows? Alex Jones also says around this time that his high school girlfriend's dad was a Satanist who wanted him to kill a dog. So maybe Alex Jones has some sort of latent, like, trauma about dog killing that makes him think about this stuff. I don't know. But also related to Hitler and the big enchilada is um, Alex Jones's idea that DNA is a transceiver. And in the spirit of really giving everything he says at least a chance, I looked this up, and I found the weirdest LinkedIn profile I have ever seen for a man named Kalki Mahavatar, which, if you want to look it up, is K-A-L-K-I, and then, like, Ma-Avatar, like, like the blue people, or like the, the little Buddhist kid. And it is a weird mix of, like, classic conspiracies and then Hindu mysticism. And a, a lot of it is basically incomprehensible. Kind of like if you've ever looked at the, the Time Cube website, a lot of it is just nonsense. 
but his about section reads, world transformation will only be possible through self-transformation. Self-described by Krishna in Bhagavad Gita, there is going to be no human solution, but turning to divine will be your only solution in this world. Ruled by extraterrestrial race of reptilian Illuminati since last 3,000 years. And then if you go to his personal website, you get more of the idea that DNA is a transceiver. Where he says, evolution in life is based on science of transmigration. Through the science of sound, phonon, and light, photon, power of godly hashtag consciousness within through the science of self-realization, not through DNA mutations, genetic manipulation on the outside. I do not know what this means. I do not even really know what Alex Jones means, exactly. But I think this guy should probably be on the podcast to clear this stuff up. But anyway, uh, saner things that they go on to discuss include uh, Democrats being more supportive of war than Republicans. Alex Jones brings this up, and it is true, uh, but I thought it was interesting and maybe worth bringing up the actual numbers. I'll quote a Politico poll here. Of people who voted for Clinton in 2016, only 26% support withdrawing troops from Syria, while 59% oppose it. Trump voters overwhelmingly support withdrawal by 56% to 14%. So this is a, an indication of a, a strange time in politics. And a lot of people on the internet said, oh, this is just like Democrats being contrarians and having to disagree with Trump on everything. But really, like most war on terror and Middle Eastern shenanigans stuff has been bipartisan. So it's not actually that weird that Democrats are into it. They're usually into it, actually. And then while still talking about Trump and not uh, Hindu magic, um, Alex Jones says that Trump is getting rid of minimum sentencing. And this is kind of true, but it is an exaggeration of what the First Step Act of 2018 actually did. It did not get rid of minimum sentencing but it does change how minimum sentencing works. Uh, for, for gun and drug-related crimes, minimum sentences are just for repeat offenders. It changes the rules for how you become a repeat offender, or basically how you qualify for minimum sentencing. For instance, fentanyl and heroin-related crimes do not, like, count on your record towards being someone who qualifies for minimum sentencing. And in other cases, it reduces minimum sentences and makes them more subject to judicial discretion. Whereas before, some of them were just automatic. Now a judge can waive them in some cases. And Alex Jones is exaggerating here, but it's, it's a bipartisan bill that pretty much everyone likes. So, good job. Trump. Even Democrats have got to say good job, uh, Trump, on this one. And when Alex Jones starts talking about Trump, you know talking about Hillary is right around the corner. He says that CNN said that Trump called black people super predators when it was actually Hillary that said this. 
And this is half true. CNN did not say that Trump said this, but it was actually Hillary who said this. I'm sure a lot of people are already aware of this by now, but I wanted to read the quote from the 1996 speech that she gave because I find it interesting. She said, but we also have to have an organized effort against gangs, just as in a previous generation, we had an organized effort against the mob. We need to take these people on. They are often connected to big drug cartels. They are not just gangs of kids anymore. They are often the kinds of kids that are called super predators. No conscious, no empathy. We can talk about why they ended up that way, but first we have to bring them to heal. It really is a very weird remark. The context does not make it any less weird. But like why, I don't know, why am I talking about Hillary in 2020? Does anybody really care at this point? I don't know. Other comments on the Democrats include Alex Jones saying that the nightly news comic gang, you know, Colbert and Kimmel, etc., all their ratings are down, and that they are in direct communication with the DNC and are essentially told what to say. As for the ratings, this is like kind of true. Um, from what I could tell, there's not a universal trend in one direction or the other. It just varies by show. Colbert's ratings are up in the Trump era, uh, but The Daily Show with Trevor Noah is at a 15-year rating low. So it really just depends. And I there's no real evidence that all these people like take orders from the DNC. Um, the Jimmy Kimmel thing he brings up is obviously a joke, where Jimmy Kimmel said he gets calls from Schumer. But does it actually matter if they take orders directly from the DNC or not? I really don't feel like it does, because the effect is the same either way. I mean, what would the DNC even tell them anyway? You know, keep it up? You know, good job? They are, they're all perfectly loyal to the Democratic Party. I mean, just, just as much as like Fox News is to the Republicans. They, they don't need, they don't need orders. Other TV comments include uh, them saying that network TV doesn't have swearing and violence because advertisers won't let them. And this is a minor point, but I think it's interesting. Network TV can't have very much swearing and violence because of the FCC. But cable actually has really lax laws. They don't have very many FCC rules. But they really do scale things back because of the advertisers. So cable could actually be way crazier, like crazier than Game of Thrones. But they don't because of advertisers. So I thought that was interesting. Like in the first Alex Jones episode, they talk about Soros, and Rogan brings up the Soros being a Nazi collaborator idea that they talked about in the first episode, and that I talked about in my uh, episodes covering the first Alex Jones appearance. And Alex Jones sort of has two counter arguments to support the idea that Soros was, in fact, a Nazi collaborator. He basically says that if it had been him, he would have resisted and, like, shot Nazis. So by not doing this, Soros is 
basically a Nazi collaborator. And I would really like to watch a movie where Alex Jones is sent back in time and has to fight Nazis. But I think it's it's a big stretch to say that a 14-year-old who didn't try to shoot Nazis was a collaborator. And then the other argument Alex Jones has is he brings up this weird Soros quote where he describes this time when he was in hiding and going around with this official pretending to be his non-Jewish godson. He says that it was, quote, the happiest year of his life. And out of context, this is super weird and makes him seem anti-Semitic. But in context, basically what Soros was saying is that he he really loved to see the bravery of this man because this guy was not just hiding Soros, he was hiding other Jews too. He thought it was like very heroic. So it is a, a pretty strange thing to say, obviously, but it's not really a racist or like Nazi thing to say. He goes on to say that Soros ran the breakup of the Soviet Union, which is a big exaggeration, but Soros really did fund pro-democracy groups that were opposed to the USSR in the 80s in Eastern Europe. And Alex Jones talks about this like it's a bad thing, but I don't see why he should have a problem with this. I mean, I assume that he does not like the USSR. Is, is Alex Jones like a closeted tanky or something? I don't think he is, but I mean, I think if he sat down, you know, outside of the context of the sort of crazed rant he was in and just looked at what Soros actually did, he would probably actually approve, you know? Alex Jones is pro-democracy. He's anti-communist. I think this is actually one thing where Soros and Alex Jones would probably agree. Things are briefly derailed when Eddie Bravo shows up. Alex Jones tries to get Eddie Bravo to choke him out. Alex Jones talks about how when he was 12, he had a girlfriend who would put makeup on him and choke him out. Some interesting, candid remarks. He talks about how fat he has become. Rogan encourages him to lose weight, perhaps through some sort of internet challenge, uh, which did not come to pass, sadly. But eventually they do get back onto less personal things, and Alex Jones says that the government's syphilis experiments are still going on in Guatemala. He's referring to the Tuskegee syphilis experiments. And I could not find any evidence of this, and I I don't really see how this would be plausible. I think in 2020, scientists know what happens to syphilis if it goes untreated, so there's not really a need for them to illegally experiment on people to try and find out. Other South American things that are brought up, um, Alex Jones says that Bobby Kennedy wanted to false flag bomb the U.S. Embassy in Honduras. And this is not true. However, Bobby Kennedy was somewhat involved in some potential false flagging. When he was attorney general, he was in a meeting that discussed buying Soviet planes 
and then using them for a false flag to heat up the Cold War. But like Operation Northwoods, it did not end up happening. Which is good, because a, a heated up Cold War, you know, could have been pretty bad. They come dangerously close around this point in the podcast to getting into a full-blown flat earth argument. But luckily it is, much like the Cold War, narrowly avoided. And Eddie Bravo says that flat earth is in your heart. Which I agree with, in, in a way. And they talk about Alex Jones uh, funding a flat earth expedition where he would put Eddie Bravo on a boat and sail him around the world, circumnavigating the globe. And I really wish they had gone through with this. I think it would be great. But weirdly, Eddie Bravo is very insistent while they're discussing it that he could not be the one on the boat. It would have to be someone he picked to like represent him and Flat Earth, which is a little suspicious to me. I don't know why he wouldn't want to go himself. Part of me wonders if Eddie Bravo doesn't have some doubts about Flat Earth, but who knows. The last thing I'll talk about is the very strange case of Virginia Governor Ralph Northam. So earlier they talked about how he seemed to endorse post-birth abortions. And I didn't uh, bring it up because it is basically true. But later, when he's brought up, Alex Jones says that he's in the KKK. And he is referring to a controversy where, if you remember, there was a picture in his college yearbook in his like personal section, like the two pages that are like, oh, it's, it's just this student highlighting him. And there's just randomly this photo of a guy in blackface and then a guy in a KKK robe. And neither are clearly him. And in his comments where he apologizes, he doesn't say which one is him. He does apologize. He said, oh, this is a, a, such a mistake. You know, I, what, very sad. I can't believe this. But he never actually offered an explanation as to why the photo was there. He never said, oh, I was drunk. Oh, it was a, a wacky 80s college prank. He never actually gave any sort of an explanation, which is really weird. And then a day after he apologized, he came out and denied it and said, neither of these people are, are me. I don't remember this. I was wrong. It's not me. But then, unprompted, not based on any sort of accusation, he admitted to wearing blackface once for a Michael Jackson dance contest. He didn't even have to bring this up. He just did. It gets weirder when you see that in his Virginia Military Institute yearbook, it says that one of his nicknames was Coon Man. He claimed that only two people referred to him as Coon Man, and that he does not know why he got the nickname, which is ridiculous. If people called you this in college, you would know why. You would at least know what the source of this was, even if it was just a joke. So beyond all this weird stuff, there's no evidence that he was actually in the KKK or something. 
but I will admit that the whole thing is very suspicious. Like, is it just, like, college, like, banter? Was he, like, drunk? Or was he, like, actually a racist in the 80s? I really can't tell. It's a very strange case. But that is where I will leave off for now. Looking at the amount of notes I have on this one episode, I think I'll probably do one or two more covering it. It really only gets crazier from here. I haven't even gotten to the secret of Hitler or the big enchilada yet. 